In this episode, Theater's Talk, Double L Nation, Theater's English, and I discuss the current state of the team. We hope you enjoy the episode. What up, everybody? We are back with another episode on the La U Times podcast. We got a full crew tonight Edgar, Lewis from Theater's English, and Woods. Edgar, I didn't get your shout out. Double L Nation, my man. How are you guys doing, fellas? Doing good. Happy to be here. Doing great, man. All I can say is uh, the air is really fresh up here, man. The, the top of the standings, I couldn't be happier, man. Team is great. Woodsy, how's the UK? How's it treating you on the other side of the pond? Minus 10 degrees, if that says anything for you, but that's nothing for me. Oh, oh yeah. wow. All right, well, I admit it, even by my standards, that's done my skin, which is why I've got this fucking woolly jumper on, but we go <laughs> for it, don't we? That's awesome. It's good to have you back, brother. Um, to be back. Lots to talk about, so we'll get right into it. First, a dominant performance for the most part of the game in a very convincing victory by Tigres at home against the last season champion, Pachuca. Uh Initial thoughts, thoughts, Lou, about the game. Um, just what are you, what are you most excited about after that win? Uh, the the team is looking great, man. The midfield is dominant again, which is uh, I think one thing we lacked last year and seasons under under Piojo. Um, I feel like there's really good chemistry, even though some of these guys are new. Gorriarán is fairly new on the squad, but he's he's playing extremely well and linking up very well with the rest of the mids. Carioca uh, is a new man under Coca. I know he struggled for playing time under Piojo, but uh, I feel like the team is structured again, playing orderly. Uh, we can play possession, but we can also play on the counter. I, I think this team has is going to have a ton of options and a ton of scoring weapons as well. We're not dependent on Gignac anymore. I feel like the, the scoring can come from any of the mids or, or strikers. So I think we're in a great position. Absolutely. And, and the goal scoring and, you know, how the goals came about says it all. Um, Edgar, your uh, thoughts on the game? Uh, what was the most uh, either exciting or surprising thing? What are you most happy about this squad at the moment? Honestly, and I still am shocked to say it, Luis Quinones. I'm so glad to have him back. I'm surprised just still in disbelief i'm not 100 percent sold yet but i do want him to continue continue to prove me wrong once again and again and again i want him to get back to that level that he was before the Piojoera back when you know he was a phenomenal player and he was he was very active i mean he stole the ball on very crucial occasions uh and created either attacks or goals so very happy with his playing time i think the whole fan base is very excited that he's showing that level Woods, earlier in the uh, preseason, you know, you got excited about the first game and then the rest of the games, just like all of us, they were shit. You know, we didn't really see a new either system or any signs of improvement after the first two games. What are your current thoughts on the on the system and the tactical approach that we play uh, we've taken on the field? No, absolutely. I was um, praiseful of uh, Diego Cocker after the first game of Mazatlan, but it's like the, the games after, he just sort of went back on his own philosophy and he created confusion, changing formations, not playing players in the right position. Obviously, um, 
Raimundo Valencia not uh, being out for the time he is, hasn't helped either. But for the start of this season, it's almost like he's, he, he saw these games as a tester because he went into this, uh, he went into last week's game uh, away to uh, Santos Laguna, which we, we literally have not won there in 10 years. So to do so and in convincing fashion, but to put out the same system that is familiar with Atlas with the two striker sort of formation, pulling Quinones out wide, bringing him back into the middle, the central area in the 70th minute, which for me was a killer because that's where he best deploys. And watching the game against um, uh, Pachuca, this is where he's, he's fluctuating around the pitch, he's taking plays on, winning the ball back in midfield, getting gritty. This is this is what his best role is, and this is what I kind of struggle to understand with um, with our previous game. Um, Piojo. Is it Piojo? So, yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good thing, my friend. It's a good thing that you forgot. We're all trying to forget about that time. Yeah, the less said about him, the better, do you understand? So... Um, I guess I'm an, I'm an advantage on that. But, I mean, Lewis brought up a point, the fact that we've got, you know, much more goal-scoring options in there. The fact we can bring uh, Diente off the bench and, uh, you know, Quinones getting in, uh, taking players on and Garari and that box-to-box aggressor, you know, coming and making them last-minute runs. And it really is the options going forward. And on top of that, to sign, maybe behind Gignac, the best striker in the league behind Gignac. If not the best, some would say he's the best. Exactly. How greedy are we for options right now? It's a good time to be a Tigris fan. After all the years of uh, being going through a standstill period as well, it really is something different. Yeah, it's a a lot of things have changed. Um, I mean, even like just the aura around the team, everything that being talked about on social media, it's all positive. Uh, One of the things that to me has stuck out and, you know, I saw it in that game a lot, which at first, I'm not going to lie, I was a little confused with Pizarro playing further back than Carioca. Usually in both previous coaches, Carioca was the one that held back more and allowed Pizarro to float closer, you know, to be sort of that box-to-box that we knew that's not what we got out of him. But in these two games, Carioca has been playing up higher, pressuring up higher, um, as high as Nando Gorrarian, you know, playing behind Gignac. So I thought that was one of the most positive things that I also saw, that the midfield is back to being dynamic. And, you know, with the high intensity of the pressure, as well as the one-two touches, a lot of really cool triangle passes, you know, in FIFA turns that we created, or, you know, just that give and go was really spectacular uh, this past game. And it ended with a very, like we said, convincing victory. One thing that Coca said in a press conference that I thought was really interesting, and and he didn't say it exactly in, in these words, but I think this is what he meant, that tactically under Piojo we were a mess. And I think it showed on the pitch um, where oftentimes we were just disorganized, uh, kind of running around like a chicken with a head, head cut off. Um, just, just a really wild kind of system. And... Coca said, I'm going to try to bring that back into the team. And I think you can see it in these games where the team is everybody on the pitch is in the spot they're supposed to be in. The movement is, is almost uh, choreographed in, in a, in a sense. So I think that's helping out a lot with the passes, good movement. People know where they need to be. Uh, the other day I saw a clip, uh, I don't know if it was Aquino or, or Chuy Garza, somebody gave a pass. It was like a no-look pass because he knew the player was going to be there. And so you're starting to see that more because tactically we're starting to be more organized uh, and you can see it on the pitch. You can see the results on the pitch. So we visit Tijuana tomorrow. 
and everything has been great for us. What, uh, besides, you know, we signed the best forward, you know, or the second best forward is, you know, whatever way you want to play that with Nicolas Ibanez. We're in rumors of signing um, Diego Linus, and we still have not let go of a foreign player in this case, you know, in order for Nico Ibanez to play. Everything's pointing to Florian Tuvon. What are you guys' thoughts on that? We'll start with you, Edgar. What do you think about this of him, you know, being the the player that has to go? I mean, it hurts just because for me as a fan, like the fantasy never really died and you still kind of want that, you know, that World Cup champion to play and make a difference for him to, you know, take the throne from Gignac and retire following his footsteps and all that. But uh, I think it was necessary and I think it was the best option just because, uh I mean, from the finances of the club, from the football aspects, it just, I think it needed to be done. And it, it hurts, but it was the best call. Lou, any uh, additional thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm, I'm with Edgar. I, I think a lot of us, and we talked about it last pod, we were kind of reluctant to give up on the dream just because we know how much talent he has. But I think it's a good move by the front office to – to move away from Tovan where we still can. Uh, as, as much talent as he's had, he hasn't shown it at Tigres. Uh, due to different circumstances, sometimes it was injuries. Uh, just sometimes it was the whole system. But we weren't getting anything out of him. And I think uh, with the signings we have now, we really weren't going to use him much uh, outside of uh, these extra tournaments. So I think, it's, I think it's good moves by the front office, in my opinion. Woods, Carioca's contract is up in now five months, and Diente Lopez's contract is up in 10 or 11 months. Florian's now gone, um, or at least what everything points to. What uh, what do you see of that? Do you Are you okay with that decision, Florian Tavon leaving, especially with the other two players with a shorter contract? I disagree. To be, honest. I mean, I can see why the club's done it to free up the foreign spot. However, um, obviously, I can sit here all I want and say this player should go, this player should leave. Whether we should get a replacement in for for Igor or um, or Jody Saicedo. Now we've got Ibanez in. But um, for me, if the option was to uh, was to come and we could offload another player, uh, I would have hundred percent kept him because I, I understand what people are saying in the current system when we play these, you know, these teams like your yeah, Pachucas, like um like Santos, and even going into this game against uh, Jolos, but I'm, I'm looking at the games when we we, we face um, the Caxa, or these sort of uh, Cruz Azul, these teams that sit a, a bit deeper and more compact in the middle, I'm thinking in terms of wide playmakers, that there's none finer in the league in terms of quality and experience in Europe outside of Torban, and I think he's really going to be missed in these type of games going forward. So I do think it'll be a bit of a mistake to actually let him go, because I need... I prefer to see him in this in, in Cookie's team first before we make the decision six months' time and then say, right, it's not it's not where it's will offload. Because there's a player in there, and Lewis is absolutely right, the fact that it, it, it's, it's, his game suffered massively in Piojo's system. On top of, you know, a bit of bad luck with injuries and all, but I, I definitely would have kept him. I can see why we've done it, but if it was my decision, I would have kept him. I mean, and I pointed out today on Twitter, I think that, the best case scenario would be to loan him out and see what where Carioca and Diente are, you know, at five months from now when this season's over. And 
if Carioca walks, you're able to bring him back, see if he gains some form because he needs playing time. I mean, he's got the talent. He's an elite player for the league in terms of talent. Like we mentioned and emphasized, he has he didn't showcase it, but he just needs regular minutes. And Athletes, he was not going to get it with the way that Coca has shown to play so far. We know that we have different tournaments to rotate and balance minutes. So that could have changed. But I think overall, from a business point uh, standpoint, I think that the board is doing what they think is the best decision. You got a lot of it, uh, of exposure, a lot of uh, marketing, a lot of like brand growth because of a player signing like that after winning the World Cup. But I think it's the best that you can do for the time being uh, with the new coach and all the changes that are going with the personnel. It's definitely a tough decision. I think uh, the foreign players we do have are playing well. Igor Lichnowski is playing well. Uh, and we don't have a lot of depth at that spot besides Diego Reyes. Um, and it looks like Coca really likes Luis Quinones, and I think he's going to improve the season. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was going to be a tough one. I think it, it came down to Carioca, Tovan, or Diente. And it might the decision might have been just because we couldn't get Diente to go to River Plate. And so I think, you know, they were in a tough spot on this one. Um, but I'm with you. I think if, if he's on loan, I think that's the best scenario for us. Do you think he'd be happy to come back? I think that depends on how his loan goes and where he goes. Yeah. I mean, if he goes back to France, League One, maybe, maybe not. I mean, does he end up qualifying for Champions League and getting that opportunity again? Or does he go to a mid-team table, lower-team table, Premier League, uh, League One, La Liga? And it's more of the same. One of the biggest issues with him was the heat. Wasn't he complaining a lot about the the summer weather in, in Monterrey? So it I think, like <laughs> yeah, it's like bringing woods to, to Monterrey in the summer. You know, it's, it's going to be a tough thing. So that's something you can't change. You know, that the weather is going to be hot in Monterrey no matter what. So that's if he's not happy with the weather, then he, he might be better off somewhere else. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Lots of talent. Uh, so moving forward, as we all should, right? Uh, the roster depth chart, it's stacked. I mean, no excuses. And we still have possibly one more to go this week to sign. You know, maybe by the weekend we get Diego, uh, Diego Lainez. If we get him, our wings are covered. Fulgencio will be back in about five, six weeks, um, you know, more into CONCACAF to help us with depth there. And plenty of options in the midfield that even Cordova and Diente Lopez are coming in with very little playing time, you know, having that deep of a bench. Somebody ran the the squad and basically we've got enough to make two teams without losing much talent. So there isn't to me, there isn't another team in the league that can match that. There is quality at Rayados, there's quality at America, but Nobody has the depth that we have. And I think that's going to be crucial this, this season in particular with the two tournaments. Uh, well, actually, it's three tournaments. So I think we're going to have a successful year for sure. And the most exciting part is the fact that we have a coach that did it with so little. And he established a way of playing. And it wasn't, you know, it's not what we've seen with, you know, what we've had in the past with Tuca and Piojo. Could be a little bit of both. 
but you know that there's discipline and there's order um, in the approach to the game. And that to me is the really exciting part because when you have such a team that's so stacked and talented, you need that order. You need that ability to beat teams with just pure ability and skill and having three tournaments and being able to have that type of depth. I think that Diego Coca will play slightly different as different rivals that he faces. Our defense is going to be really, really solid. Uh, almost 2011 like levels, I think. And if you think about it, we haven't had a forward, a center forward that was a poacher like Nico Ibanez is since Hector Mancilla in 2011. Mm-hmm. And we all know what happened in Apertura 2011. So I, I think this squad is just set up. It's structured in a way that we can win at least two out of the three tournaments. I agree. I don't want to sound like a rayado or anything. You know, I'm saying this, you know, as as humble as I can without sounding arrogant, but I think we have the depth and the, the squad to win two out of three. The bar is definitely higher without a doubt. I think with these new signings, our predictions, I mean, might have definitely changed. And I think now it's, for me, top two in the league and definitely winning the CONCACAF Champions League. It's the easiest uh, path to the championship. You get yeah, that. Especially since Pachuca lost uh, Nico Ibanez. We'll see what kind of moves they make. If they get Vinas, they'll probably be pretty pretty tough. They'll but that's the, that's, the, that's the toughest one to reach the final, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, LAFC, uh, possible rematch. In the final. Yeah, yeah, it could be. It should be awesome. It'll be a uh, hell of a performance again with people – and as opposed to no fans because of COVID. So that's exciting. Um, anything to add, fellas? I mean, it's pretty pretty exciting to, to see the team results so far and a, a way of playing. So uh, any expectations? Uh, what are we thinking uh, going into this game against Cholos? Woods, what do you, have you been able to catch any of the Cholos games? Uh, no, not much. I've actually been a bit inactive in football in general, just catching Tigres, Arsenal, whatever teams I follow. Um, but we're, we're, we're going to get at them, especially, you know, um, with the attacking players we got. I don't know whether Banyas is going to play that game, but I think I reckon he'll come off the bench. That'll probably be the best option because with the 11 we've got going, you can't really drop anyone at the minute. So, I mean, going into this game, I don't see why we can't make it a bloodbath like we have the previous two games because, with all due respect to Jolos, like the first two games of the season have been two of that can be the toughest in terms of, um, you know, the opposition we're going against. So uh, all we can just uh, sit here and say, you know, same system. You know, I think I expect Jules to sit a bit deeper and expect them to invite a lot of pressure on, unlike the previous two games where obviously they're going to be trying to come at us. So this is where um, this is where maybe the, the game where we might miss someone like a Taliban. However, if if, um, if Quinones keeps playing on this form, I don't think we've got much to worry about. I can see he's winning comfortably. Since Woods brought it up, what are y'all y'all's thoughts on on Nico Ibanez, automatic starter? If he is, who do you guys drop out of the starting eleven to play him? I think you have to go in the mid, bro. I think it has to be either Pizarro or Carioca. No, you can't. That's yeah, you can't. I'll say you can't rip apart any of the team. Yeah, you can't. I'm with Woods, man. You can't mess with that midfield, man. 
I, honestly, uh, I'm more I'm more willing to drop either Angulo or Aquino. Yeah, I saw a fan lineup where they dropped Aquino, and to me, it made the most sense. And and push out Quinones out wide and play uh, Nando as a floater or, or play that 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 diamond in the middle. I think that's the best. That's the best scenario. I mean, you lose a little bit of uh, defensive power there without Aquino, who who tends to drop down quite a bit and defend. But I I don't I don't think you want to mess with that midfield as, as well as they're playing, especially especially Carioca, Gorriarán, and, and Quinones that are just I've you know see- playing so well. I've been seeing it in a dream lately. Pizarro is going to be the the guy that's going to be the odd man out. I think I think I think that the guy that gives you the most out of the two at the moment is Carioca. I think it's been established with the yeah, way. Yeah, but but they're not playing like last season, Arnoldo. Like last season, it was a uh, it was you know a triangle with the two bases, Carioca and and Pizarro kind of being the two central defenders. I think that the triangle kind of fli- flipped where you got Pizarro yep. playing as a lone central defender, Correct. midfielder, and Carioca and Gorriarán kind of above him more in an attacking role. So if you pull Pizarro, then now you're forcing Carioca to drop deep to, to do the job that Pizarro has to. So I think like Pizarro doesn't get a lot of the credit, but he's doing a lot of the dirty work. He is, he is. To free up Carioca, you know? I I just think that it's the natural thing to do if you're going to pull out somebody and you're going to keep Quinones who you're high on. And Aquino, I mean, I think he likes Aquino. He likes the flexibility and the pace that he has. And I think that every coach is going to love that. I think it's hard to take him out of the lineup. I wouldn't take anyone out of the lineup, to be honest. I mean, I agree in general that Carioca offers a lot more than with up his elbow, like, you got to bear in mind he's club captain. He sits deep. He's got the know-how. He, he has the leadership sort of thing. So, no, I get all that. I get all that. It's going to vary game by game, bro. So at the minute he's not going to get into the team. But when it varies game by game, and when we need a bit more of that a direct like runner in the box, that's where he can come in, and that's where he can think. All right, next week you can, you know. So you're thinking more uh, coming off the bench kind of thing, Woods? Is that what you're at saying? That, yeah, at the minute, yeah. Until um, it varies game by game, and it, we, we. I think you're going to work him in for sure. Yeah, yeah, and Danzolas will be a it'll be a good game to ease him in because as I said, they're a team that sit deep and invite pressure. So when you when you think of that, you want those those strikes that run at the defense and you know pull apart the defensive line and offer the offer them gaps. So I think if he comes off the bench with the you know, the, the uh, remaining thirty minutes, we can sort of get an insight into what how he's going to really play for sort of thing. Well, he won't be there at this game. I don't think he's traveling, but I don't think he's on the actual uh, uh, plane uh, list, if I'm not mistaken. No. No, he stayed in Monterrey. He didn't get on the plane. Oh, he didn't. I, I saw. I thought I saw that he was still going. Florian's going to uh, into that game. It's, I think it's super awkward. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a tough decision to make, and I think that we haven't seen enough uh, variables yet of how he would play with either two options, you know, or two attackers. Um, you know, he's given a lot of playing time to Luis Quinones uh, and hasn't really, you know, he subbed in Cordoba and Diente like late in the games, be gone. So I don't think he, we've seen enough yet to say or show another way that he could possibly play that we can incorporate Nico Ibanez into the lineup yet. 
I think he he eventually I think he's gonna want to do what he was doing at Atlas where he had Quinones and and Julio Furch together up top, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's his that's his end goal. Yes, I said something similar, Luis, on, um, when we was linked to him. I said I was talking about how it's a perfect system, very similar to how it was at Atlas. You know, have that hold up player that you know Gignac who can do all sorts of the target man, and then you've got the runner, the direct goal scorer. It's, yeah. it's so similar, and in the system we play, it's just. You, you can tell it's a very cocker signing. And this is one when Alnoda said before about how he did so much with so little at the Atlas in terms of, you know, financial backing. The the, the difference here with Tigres, he's got, you know, stars in the, the Mexican league and he's got that extra budget on top to get the players he wants. So this is where hopefully, and he, he was critical of us before tactically. And this is where he's bringing back the tactical solidity back into the side. So this is all just positive stuff that we, that he's surely going to, edges on to at least win something this year every time i hear him in press conference he he sounds almost giddy man he's i think he's just so happy to have all these weapons all these players available to him and i think he like like wood says he visualizes all these different ways that he can play uh and then also have the ability to pull a player and bring in another one that's just as equally talented and i think he i think he realizes how fortunate he is to be at Tigres. So we're thinking, you know, to just to uh, emphasize the lineup that we're thinking, you know, in the most ideal scenario, we got Nahuel, Chuy Garza at right back, Igor, Samir, and Angulo at, on the back four, Pizarro, Gorrarian, Carioca, Luis Quinones forming a diamond in the middle, and then two uh, forwards, the Gignac and Nico. Uh, that was yeah, and I think day, I that? think Angulo, Angulo, and Aquino could flip. He could flip, but I think he probably prefers Angulo there. Yeah, I think so too. What, what were you gonna add? Which? Yeah, I think I think exactly what you've just read out there is ironically exactly the same lineup I put out uh, before we even played Pachuca, to be honest. So um, nice. Yeah, that's something I'd be all for. Yeah, because that gives you that uh, diamond that he's he loves to play with in the middle. Because they all, you know, they're essentially they're playing Russian roulette. They're just in a circle of moving positions. That's another thing that I noticed uh, in that game against Pachuca. Everybody was able to replace each other with ease. Samir was exceptional at cutting off uh, long yeah. balls, and he yeah, would tactically, tactically, we call that flexibility. Yeah, that's something better that we've got now. Yeah. <laughs> it felt, it felt like nobody was out of position in that game. No, absolutely not. Like, and, like and... people. F- People were in the right spots. It was just amazing, man. Like I, I felt like under Piojo, you seldom saw that. Yeah, and it's somebody full- would move up, and then there was a huge gap there. And now everybody's scrambling to fill it, or you know. Yeah, and then with yeah, I didn't realize how that. choppy the Piojo system was or the Piojo era was until these this past game. I was like, man, we would complete one eighty. Dude, at at the beginning, we recovered a lot of the ball under Piojo, and we would just shoot long, and like you. At least I appreciated the intent to attack so much, but after a while, like as he was running the players into the ground, like the guys were not down for that anymore. Like they didn't want to throw the long ball and just like go get and chase it after it. So it worked when they you didn't have to like beat so many so many teams tactically. But as soccer evolved, you know, think about it. When he was really good as a coach, who he had Chucho Benitez throwing the ball and long ball. Of course, he's gonna take every defender. You know, they're all they were they were slow. So I don't think he evolved. And, you know, we got really excited with his style of play. And I think that 
had America at the end. He was just terrible. And we thought he could make something work and create a spark, which he did. He gave Nico that scoring championship for Diente and, you know, two semifinals. But ultimately, we need, like everything we talked about, order, tactical structure, flexibility in this case for players to, you know, create that talent difference that Tigres has been known for and continues to do it, especially after these signings. So, predictions for this game. Um, did I say that before? I didn't. I didn't think I said. It. I didn't think I uh, said a specific scoreline. I did say I think we'll win comfortably. I'm looking at two 0 two 0 I like that. I like that. Another solid defensive performance. I'm going three 0 I think. I, I think Tigres is going to come out again and just go all out, man. I is I I expect a, a high scoring game from Tigres. Yeah, three 0 as well, right there. I think we give up a goal. I was thinking three goals as well, but I think we give up a goal just because of the uh, turf. <laughs> and that's another thing. I hope nobody gets injured, man. That turf is lethal. Yeah, but it does produce some uh, golazos. Golazos that don't even look that spectacular because it gets so much bounce <laughs> on the ball. <laughs> Correct me, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't isn't that the same stadium last year, last year or last season we went to, and that's that's the game Talban got injured for another like three months. Oh man, I can't recall because that we won one nil. That seems like every game he got hurt, so I can't recall. It's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm going through one. Anything else to add, fellas, before you head off? I just hope we land Lainez, man. I think uh, Diego Lainez would be a nice addition, especially if Tavon's leaving. Then I think it'll be a nice addition on that right wing. That would be too good to be true, Lainez. Well, I've seen this guy playing the league and the Olympics. In the Olympics, he was my for me player of the tournament. He was he's unbelievable the way he takes plays and puts passes in. This is I don't know. I, don't, I just don't see it. I just want to see the the world uh, burn, and I want everybody hating on us. So I want him to sign for that. Uh, we're gonna. Hey, we're hey gonna... they got they got all the ESPN and Televisa today, and the guys talking about uh, fair play, fair play, Let's financial a, uh... fair play. What is that, dude? Let's get a cap going. They want a cap now, man. I've never heard anything about a cap in the 80s or in the 90s when America and Cruz Azul were playing great. Now they want a cap because we're amazing. That's crazy. Yeah, no. Uh, I'm here for it. But I know he wouldn't get any playing time, but it'd be nice to uh, uh, keep the haters talking. But these men are ignorant talking about spending cap because they forget that we've also offloaded a lot of players for money. They're forgetting, they're forgetting the fact we're talking about offloading Torban and the amount of players that we can let go of, you know, I haven't seen over the years, you know, Leo Fernandez going, we've already seen Ayala coming, uh, you know, hanging up his boots this season. So I, I don't see what these men are talking about. They're washed. <laughs> they're, yeah. They're salty, man. They're, they're just talking gibberish to try and cover up the, you know, the little fantasy world. I don't care about these men. Who cares, man? Who cares we're holding the trophy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Well, thank you guys for your time. Um, and everybody tuning in. And the uh, Edgar, Double L Nation on Twitter. That's right, Double L Nation. Follow, please. We got Tigres English, the gone. Of Get the out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and Tigres Talk, my boy Woods, all the way live from the UK. He's right, man. He's right, as always. Thank you so much for your time, fellas. See ya. Peace out.